0: real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. (laughs) Hi, everyone, and welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Straten. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody.
1: What a nice crowd. A little inside info, Helen, I think you and I were both uh, anxious about this crowd being responsive, and they, they know to save it for when the recording starts. They
0: are fantastic. They are fantastic. I was doing a little warm-up comedy beforehand, yeah. and I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I was a little concerned about yeah. the crowd. Well, I, sometimes, gave them, sometimes I gave them a B-minus as a crowd yeah. during the warm-up, but now that we've started the recording, they've kicked it into gear, and now you guys are an A+. Yay! Oh, Amazing. I'm not going to take it personally at all. (laughs) That you guys were a B-minus during my jokes, and now that we're podcasting, you're like, we're an A-plus now.
1: Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very, very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first?
0: He is an actor, producer, and comedian who starred in the hit web series The Legend of Neil and The Guild. It's Sunday Paris. Sandeep
2: Pareek I'm ready to kick Leah's ass. Wow. <laughs> wow. Competitive streak. A, l- a lifelong dream of yours yeah, to uh but it was just ever since watching Back to the Future I was, I was like I'm going to beat her in a podcast game show someday. <laughs> <laughs> and that day is finally here. And it's finally
1: here. Uh, now, Sandeep, you and I know each other from doing improv uh, a long time ago, and uh, we actually worked on a pilot about your family. This
2: is the show that we didn't come close to selling, right? Right. Okay, right. great. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, right. So my parents, they traveled the country um, back in the day. This is like in the 60s and 70s. And, uh, you know, they, they, they came with the proverbial $8 in their pocket kind of a thing. So uh, and I don't from know. from where? Uh, from India, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't know if my name just gave that away. I don't want to be redundant. <laughs> yeah. They were
1: shortened from Perika Stein,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, and uh, they used to travel uh, using a phone book uh, instead. Like instead of staying at a hotel, they would just open a phone book and look for a Parik or a Patel, <gasps> and like literally call them up. No! Yes, and that become is so cool and start speaking Gujarati in Ohio to these people, you know, wherever they were.
0: Wow. Well, I grew up in New York City and there were quite a lot of Koreans. So, um, you know, if some yes, Koreans was that woo
2: for the Koreans or for the New York City Koreans. Korean. Yeah. Korean, okay, just
0: so if, if, like if our phone Koreans rang say. and it was a random <laughs> Korean, we'd be like mm, spam call. <laughs>
1: telemarketer click but you, but you have memories of traveling like this yourself as a child
2: kind of, I mean I, w- I was an accidental child <laughs> um, oh. obviously so I came like 10 years after my brother so they more traveled like that mm. than I did specifically mm. but yes like I do remember never paying for a hotel mostly because Indians own most of the hotels yeah. they literally own 50% of more it, more? more. than
0: 50% wow. yeah, I just read and this thing recently I own- that said
2: 10% of facts that are correct. Uh,
1: so <laughs> That'll serve you well today. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about The Guild. This was one of the early YouTube hits and you played a big role on it. How did it start and how did you get involved with it?
2: So The Guild is a show about uh, online role-playing gamers and what happens when they... Uh, these are anonymous players or they, don't, they didn't know each other uh, face-to-face and then what happens when uh, circumstances uh, force them to meet face-to-face. My character... Uh, Zabu shows up at the doorstep of uh, Felicia Day's character. She's the creator of the show, Mm -hmm. mistaking our online flirtation for like true love. And uh, I have all my 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 suitcases, being like, I'm moving in. And then because of uh, my status in the game, she just can't kick me out, right? So, uh, so she like reluctantly accepts me into her home, and that sort of brings the whole guild together. Anyway, that's the that's the. Sort of the log line, the very long log line of that show. Yeah. Um, the but, log paragraph. Yeah.
0: Wait, she had to let you in because you were such a baller at the game? Yeah, exactly. Why? Right. You
2: can't, like, well, if, so if you, I guess you don't know much about the MMORPG universe. Um, I'm sure that just sounded like a string yeah. of random letters. Also, but...
1: Helen, Sandeep comes from a people who are used to staying for free in other people's <laughs> yes, homes. Yes, exactly. So it, uh, it served him well in that character. <laughs> nice callback. Thank you. Um,
2: yeah, so anyway, that was, it's a show that struck a chord with all these uh, people that played World of oh, yeah. Warcraft and something like that. It's really popular. And and uh, it kind of blew up from there. And then before we knew it, we had uh, Microsoft coming along to fund our subsequent seasons. We uh, uh, released the show on Xbox. Uh, we became kind of worldwide, so we were flying around to different conventions around the world. Uh, it was a pretty amazing wild ride. Very cool. That's yeah. so
1: awesome. And you are now on a more conventional medium uh, that I believe is called television. Am I, am
2: I saying that correctly? Yes, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's going the way of the A track, but yeah, I'm still trying to get jobs there. Uh, well, tell us about the show
1: that you're on now. It's a new show on Nickelodeon. Yeah, I it's understand. a show on
2: Nickelodeon. It's called Glitch Techs. Um, I can't say too too much about it. Ooh. It's going to be out in February. Oh, it hasn't, mm-hmm. it hasn't premiered yet. It Hasn't premiered yet. It's an animated series. Um, it's a it's also a video game theme. So it's kind of about it's like a Ghostbusters, but instead of ghosts, they're busting video game glitches that come to life.
1: Mm. Wow, uh, I ain't afraid of no glitch.
2: Yeah, there you yeah. go. Perfect. You can be our Ray, whatever his name was,
1: last name was. <laughs> Parker Jr.? Yep, that's it. Okay.
2: I knew there was two more names. Yep. I'm going to do so well on this show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, you're not just a voice on it. You actually are a writer
2: as well. I'm a writer on it as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, you nailed it. You got both facts correct. Yay, Good I job. get a
1: point. Helen, do I get a
0: point? Yeah. I, your name is not on the roster, so Oh, no. <laughs> dang it.
1: One day. Uh, that's really cool. And then another uh, thing that you're involved in is uh, a website called F'n Funny.
2: Indeed. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a development and production company of my own making. And so ever since doing The Guild and then The Legend of Neil, which is a show that I directed and created myself and sold to Comedy Central, uh, I've been able to sort of uh, uh, gather a, uh, sort of a staff of intelligent uh, filmmakers and um, make stuff in this town. So that's what F and Funny is all about. And we have wow. a YouTube channel. We post uh, shorts and sketches and stand-up comedy on it. And we're actually going to be re-releasing The Legend of Neil on uh, that. On, on the F and Funny YouTube channel in January. So we're excited about that. Congratulations. Well. Very exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. That's
1: and F awesome. It is F and awesome. Thank you, Helen. The F and awesome Sandeep Parikh.
2: That's me. Thank you.
1: Helen, against whom will Sandeep be playing?
0: She is an actor, producer, and director who starred in your favorite movies and TV shows and who directed the Year of Spectacular Men. It's Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Woo.
3: Okay, you could still say Back to the Future. <laughs> we can, okay. <laughs> be Lorraine McFly. It's okay.
1: Okay, good. Excellent. Hi, she
3: was in Back to the Future.
1: She was in Back to the Future, you guys. Yes.
0: She was all. She was also in some kind of Wonderful, which yes. is like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Also, she was in Howard the Duck, you guys.
3: That's true. <laughs> yeah. I kissed a duck, and I liked it.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, of course, you have all these wonderful credits, uh, plus uh, all the right moves, Red Dawn. But what I want to ask you about is a TV show called Celebrity Duets.
3: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> you were on a show called Celebrity Duets where you sang duets with people as a celebrity. It's a, again, log line. You were eliminated after the second show. Do you feel you got robbed?
3: Yes, I did. It was an ill fated show, it was, it was canceled. But here's the weird thing yeah. I've done two talent. Uh, shows, you know, whatever, reality shows. One was that, and one was Dancing with the Stars. And the person who won was the same person <gasps> in both shows. What? What? Who is yep, this person? I forgot his name.
4: Alfonso Ribeiro.
3: Uh-huh, there you go. Alfonso yeah. Ribeiro, he won both shows. And also, I was eliminated right before um, Cheech and Chong, both times.
1: <laughs> what? what? They were on both one, shows, too? One was
3: Cheech and one was Chong. I, I don't know what happened. Karma is a bitch. yes, it is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so if you had been up against either Cheech or Chong or Afan Tributo today, you would not feel good about no, your odds. No, I
3: would not. I win every other show. <laughs> yeah, <so>. Turns out. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> <From Bandeep's laughs> like, guess what? It's Cheech.
0: Yeah. I can't believe you were beaten up by Cheech in one, and then Chong in the other. That, if, there's a cruel irony there.
3: Yes, I know. And 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 uh, Tommy Chong was like limping. He had like <laughs> I was a professional ballet dancer on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> And I was I was beat oh, a Oh, See, limping. that's the kind of thing that makes you think it's all rigged. No, oh, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, well, speaking of doing well on other shows, you've done well on other game shows before.
3: Yes, I have.
1: Tell us about that. You were on it was a Celebrity Family Feud and Hollywood Game Night.
3: I won both, and Cupcake Wars.
1: You won Cupcake Wars? Yeah,
3: I've, I've won a total of almost uh, $50,000 or maybe $60,000 for uh, Michael Fox's foundation par- for Parkinson's wow. research. So,
4: wow. Yeah.
3: Outstanding.
1: That's
0: why I'm go back to you winning Cupcake Wars. Like, you were a cupcake, just expert aficionado. Yes, amazing. I
3: was, uh, yeah.
1: What I, was your winning cupcake?
3: I can't remember, but it was hard. It took like 13 hours to, I was baking cupcakes for 13 hours. What? Wow. wow. Yep, at my hourly rate, that was a lot of money. <laughs>
4: lot.
3: I earned that money for Michael
1: Fox. Wow. Helen, in the introduction, mentioned this movie that you directed. Uh, tell us about that, because you actually got to work with your daughters.
3: Yes, I, uh, I. it's on Hulu now and Apple and Amazon. It's a movie called The Year of Spectacular Men. And my oldest daughter, Madeline Deutsch, she wrote it, starred in it, and scored it. And she also starred in it with my daughter, Zoe Deutsch, who's a real up-and-coming young movie star. So we all did the movie together, and uh, it, was a, it was a really exciting and fun event, you know, to just kind of all be super creative. And, you know, these little movies are, are such... You know, you put them on your back and you carry them up the hill. But it's a really good movie, and we've gotten such great response. It's such—it's very rare for a movie to be written by a millennial or a young woman about a young woman. Uh, personally, all the movies i, I was a ingenue in the '80s. I did a lot of movies, and every single one of those movies was written by a man. So. Clearly, like you can watch, if you watch back now, you're like, mm, totally written by a dude. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I was always the perfect girl. Like even in Red Dawn, with my machine gun and my AK-47 and <laughs> my. Walter PPK I was you know John Milius' dream girl mm. so you know I've always it was fun to to be able to like really bring a young woman's vision to life that way Can and I- how was it directing your daughters? Like were they were they like being bratty?
0: If you were like, gave them direction, mom. They were like, I know mom. how to write a score.
3: <laughs> get off my back. Be you alone, know, oh, mom. I know. Mom, I know that did happen. I, I know jazz. Like um, so, it was you know it's a
0: lot. They're You're like not only am I your mother, but I'm also the director.
3: So shut it. Yeah, there was some of that. <laughs> But it was actually really fun and a lot of great guys. We had six spectacular men and they were wonderful.
1: So. And speaking of directing, you've been directing a lot of episodes of television, mm-hmm. uh, specifically The Goldbergs, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful show. How did you get into TV directing? Oh, sure, Goldbergs. Yeah, Let's it's a, a little funny applause. show.
3: It's really funny. <clears throat> it's really funny.
1: <clears throat> How did you get into TV directing and, and why that show?
3: Um, I've done a lot of different things. I've done TV movies. I've done uh, drama, switched at birth, the show I had switched at birth. I've done... American Housewife, the Goldbergs, I've even done Mom. So I've done like a lot of different styles. And so I I, I kind of like that in a career. My career as an actor, as a dancer, as a singer, as a director has all been, um, you know, different kinds of, of. Show So mm-hmm. I just find that really interesting. And The Goldbergs is its own specific weird world. And it's really fun. I just wrapped on Friday, my last episode. And it's okay. really fun. Laugh, we just laugh all the time.
1: Yeah, what is Leah Thompson like as a TV director? If I'm on The Goldbergs, what am I going to experience?
3: I'm very serious, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. My kids say that I'm like a hobbit. <laughs> when I'm directing, I'm like very low to the ground. <laughs> you don't wear shoes. I yeah, yeah. don't wear shoes.
1: Always trying to take people's rings. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh my God, as a comedian. If you have a director that doesn't laugh or smile or anything, know, it's, 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 it's like, especially because I come from stand up, so I need validation constantly. I'm like, this is this terrible? What's happening? Do you like this? Right. Yay, Helen! <laughs>
1: Uh, and I have to just ask you about Back to the Future because you said that I could. Um, wasn't, wasn't that wasn't that awesome?
3: It is awesome that it's still so beloved and yes. beloved. Uh, sometimes I do uh, Comic Cons a lot, actually, and there'll be like two thousand people, twenty five hundred people, and a good half of them weren't born before the right. movie was made. So that's incredible. What a legacy and what a what a great thing to make a really great film and not have it just fall in the garbage can. You know, it's such a, it's yeah. so beloved and um, that's a great thing.
1: Uh, thanks so much for being here, Miss Leah Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, Leah, Sandeep, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside of your field of work in which you feel of expertise. Sandeep, you said you know a lot about the Boston Red Sox. Yes. Hindu mythology. And the movie The Princess Bride.
2: <gasps> yes! I thought Hindu
1: mythology would get more applause. <laughs> There's just in, one thought... person
2: that must yeah. be my like, doppelganger in there who just wooed at all three of those with <laughs> wow. equal enthusiasm. Cool. So, all right.
1: And Leah, you yeah. said you know a lot about Roseville pottery. Nothing? <laughs> nothing. Okay, there you go. Nothing for uh, <laughs> nothing designing for houses. And the movie Harold and Maude.
0: <laughs> yep, that one got it.
1: Now, later on, we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of these topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to take away those points. Your topics today, green. First up, Sandeep. Sandeep, your question was submitted by a listener, Paige Lurie of Arlington, Virginia. Sundeep, here we go. They both can make you green, but what is the difference between jealous and
2: envious? Oh, man. Jealous and envious. Uh, Green is my favorite color, first of all, so I feel like Mm, if I get this wrong... Me too. Really? Yeah. Wow. I have a huge crush already going on (laughs) here. So, okay, jealous and envious. Jealous and envious. So, like... You know, they're totally they're different, that's for sure. They definitely have different things about them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like what, for instance? <laughs> oh,
2: man, I'm going to go into that in great detail. uh uh-huh. um, Yeah, so, okay, all right, I'm jealous. Like, all right, Jay Keith is yeah. uh, dating Helen. I find her really attractive, and I, 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 I want her for myself. So I'm like, I'm jealous of you. I'm not envious of you. All right. Um, uh, but, <laughs> but if you had, like a, 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 like, a mansion mm-hmm. or something... And then I wanted your stuff. Yeah. Then I'd be nope. That's still not right. I'm just if I'm just talking. Period
1: on it. We could move on.
2: I'm just gonna keep talking until you tell me I'm right. I have no idea what the difference is. They both L- feel like the same. Let's
1: thing. go with the most recent thing that you said. And I believe, uh, again, speculatively, if I were dating Helen, you would be jealous. Right. And if I had a mansion, you would be
2: envious. <sighs> that's so stupid. That's not smart at all.
1: But just say yes. That's what I said.
2: Fine. That's what I said.
1: Okay. Good. <laughs>
2: Uh, Leah we have Sundeep's answer
1: we don't know yet if he is 100% correct what do you think about his answer
3: I think he's probably right I think if you're jealous (laughs) you uh, it is weird though if
1: you're jealous you
3: I don't know it's really hard
1: All right, well, I... uh, I'm not stealing it. I'm giving it to you, baby. That's all right. I I wish I had the end of this segment, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the
0: facts. Envious means you want something someone else has. Jealous means you're afraid someone is going to take what you have, and it's usually a person. For example, I am envious that Jay Keith gets to sit next to Sandeep during the
1: show. And I am jealous that when after the show, Sandeep wants to sit next to Helen. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean as far as our points go, Helen?
0: I think actually I'm going to give one point to Sandeep for envious. Because you did say I wish I had a trait or a thing. uh, But you didn't get jealous correct.
1: That's one point for Sandeep. I'll take it. Awesome.
2: I'll take that point to the bank. That was hard. Are you jealous of my
1: point?
4: Awesome, Leah.
2: (laughs) No, I'm envious.
1: (laughs) All right, up next in green, Leah. Leah, your question also comes from a listener, Andy Lindeman of Atlanta, Georgia. Leah, they both have greens, they both produce produce, but what is the difference between a grove and an orchard? A grove and an orchard.
3: I would say that a grove is natural and an orchard is planted in rows.
1: Very brief, very concise. A mild bit of applause from a couple of people. Is it correct, though? We don't know yet. Sandeep, what do you think about it?
2: A grove is a mall in Southern California. (laughs) It is. And an orchard is not a mall in Southern California. I think she's right.
1: You think she's right. All right. Well, this segment has stopped growing, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
0: Here are the facts. All orchards are groves, but not all groves are orchards. A grove is any grouping of trees without underbrush. An orchard is a grouping of trees without underbrush, but always has to consist of fruit or nut trees. So if your trees are growing fruit, it could be in an orchard or a grove. But if your trees are just growing leaves... They're in a grove.
1: Oh, now you could say that oranges are grown in orchards or groves, but when I say orange orchard, I sound like I'm drunk. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's why you mm-hmm. say that. Uh, what does that mean as far as our points go, Helen?
0: I don't think it. either one of you got a point. I mean, on that
1: technically, one. Sandeep was right. I mean, the orchard right? is not a mall. Yeah, that's no, no, no. A I, don't a so. oh. I don't think so. I don't think so. What is that's our a score? Movie company. Yeah. What is our score at the end of that first round, Helen? At
0: the end of the first round, Sunday Parikh has one point, and Leah Thompson has zero points.
1: That's right. But those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Hello, Maximum Fun. I am Oliver Wong, scholar, journalist,
2: DJ, etc.
3: And I'm Morgan Rold. I'm a music supervisor who loves stilettos. We host Heat Rocks, a music podcast where we talk to influential artists and scholars about the albums that changed their lives. On our most recent episode, we had the chance to talk with none other than R&B legend Macy Gray Mm. about one of her favorite albums, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by (laughs) Yeezy.
2: We get deep
5: talking about everything from Kanye's college dropout days all the way up to his most recent shenanigans.
6: I just think it's weak, and I don't think he has to do that, and, and I was just disappointed.
5: So make sure you, dear listener, are subscribed because you definitely do not want to miss this conversation.
4: Hate rocks every Thursday right here on Maximum Fun.
0: Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Sandeep Parikh with one point and Leah Thompson with zero points. Once again, here's Jake Keith Van Straten. Thank you, Alan Hong. Thank you, everybody.
1: <laughs> Sandeep, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the Boston Red Sox, Hindu mythology, and the Princess Bride. Tell us a little bit about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about the Boston Red Sox.
2: Yeah, so I grew up in New Hampshire. Uh, that's where I was born and raised, and as the one brown person in New Hampshire... <laughs> You had to find ways to like fit in and and you know uh, get in touch with the culture there. And so re- the Red Sox, like I think, literally saved my life on several occasions. Um, I would, I think, I pretty much like memorized facts about the Red Sox because of the, it was the way to diffuse any sort of awkwardness when like, the hardware store guy would be like leering at you awkwardly, I'd be like, hey, but Roger Clemens pitched a good game, right? He's throwing, you know, he's throwing real heat right now, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, he's a normal person. I can talk to him, not just a scary creature um, from another nether worlds, uh, <laughs> which is what it felt like when they've looked at you like that. Anyway, so it was like a defense mechanism, honestly, um, was and how sp- I felt. Speaking the, wow, of creatures
1: from another world, you also said you know a lot about Hindu
2: mythology. Yeah, I feel like I had to say that because then my parents... You know, otherwise, my parents would be upset at me because um, I feel like I should know a lot about Hindu mythology, but uh, I really hope you don't pick that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who's, who's your favorite Hindu mythology figure?
2: Uh, probably Krishna. Oh,
1: Krishna's great. Yeah. He's
2: awesome. Krishna. Krishna. A, yeah,
0: he's a popular one.
2: You're, yeah. a big, you're a big Krishna fan? Oh, Krishna Krishna. Hari Krishna. Yeah. <laughs> Is you that all it. the
1: same thing? Finally, <laughs> no. you said you know a lot about The Princess Bride.
2: Yeah, so the... I mean, it's just like that's the movie that I can always watch at all times. What's one of those like... You know, if I'm flipping through the channels, which nobody does anymore, but like if it's in the middle of the film, I have to stay and watch the rest of it kind of thing. Um, I've probably seen it a hundred times. I just, I love it. I love anything with a castle.
0: Yeah, it's just <laughs> solidly great, and there's so many like hilarious, like iconic scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
1: But especially yeah. the castle. The castle, easily the best part yeah. of that film, right? <laughs> right, Sandeep? Uh, all right, Sandeep, you said you know Topic. a lot about the Boston Red Sox, Hindu mythology, and the Princess Bride. Today we want to quiz you about. The Boston Red Sox. No, yes. I'm surprised. World Series champions. Oh, I'm wow, dying. I can't help this one. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, Sandeep, you actually got to attend their most recent championship. I did.
2: I went to two games. I went to Game Three and Game Five. No
3: way.
0: So I
2: went to the 18-inning Game <gasps> Three, the no, like the, the, the one endless that lasted game, to like
0: four o'clock in the morning. Seven
2: hours and 20 minutes. There were two seventh-inning stretches. There was, there was a seventh and 14th-inning stretch. What? It was insane.
0: awesome were you like trying to keep your eyes open no
2: god that was no that was everything I wanted and more I could have taken another 18
1: minutes when your team won the championship
2: that was I mean talk about bucket list right Mm -hmm. like it was it was insane I I was there with my two brothers too who had had flown in to uh, LA I mean like The chances of them playing L.A., and I I just had to find a way to get to the game. Oh, that's uh, so magical. So, yeah, it was was great.
1: All right. Just ahead, we'll enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the Boston Red Sox to test your mastery in the subject with our expert-level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Leah, do listen closely because if Sandeep (laughs) answers incorrectly and you know the correct answer, you can steal. By the way, Leah, how much do you know about the Boston Red Sox?
3: They have Red Sox.
1: <laughs> All I right, I'm Leah's looking forward to so you getting one of these wrong, Sandeep. Here Leah's we go. His face
3: right now is like, oh.
1: Yeah, I think Leah, Leah checked out. Leah's on vacation, but here we go.
3: I sang the national anthem, I think, for them once. But. Oh, well, what lovely. if that's one of the questions? Don't, don't get me
1: wrong. <laughs> All right, well, maybe that's you picked cool. up something by osmosis. Here we go. Here's your first question about the Red Sox, Cindy. All right. For a long time, the Red Sox were said to have been cursed because they didn't win a championship after they traded what iconic player to the Yankees?
2: Babe Ruth. Ellen? That is correct. That is
1: correct. (gasps) Yes. They call it the curse of the Bambino after the Bambino Babe Ruth. Here's question number two. The 2004 Red Sox broke that alleged curse and are the only team in baseball history to be down three games to zero and come back and win a postseason series four games to three. This wouldn't have happened unless a pinch runner stole second base in game four of that series. Who was that base dealer and what is his current job in Major League Baseball?
2: Dave Roberts and he's the Angels. Oh, sorry, the Dodgers manager. Well, I almost blew it.
1: Ellen? That is correct. (laughs) That is correct. You almost blew it.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yes. Almost blew it, but you pulled it back. You pulled you know, it back. Yeah. We would love if you just were like Dave,
2: Just like they did down 3-0, the Red Sox. I pulled it
1: back. <laughs> All right, you're two for two, Sunday. Story. Here's question number three. The Red Sox, of course, play in Fenway Park, which has yeah. some unique quirks. One, of course, is a large wall in left field called the Green Monster. Another is an object that is located 302 feet down the right field line, closer than any similar object in Major League Baseball. What is the nickname of this feature?
2: That's one pesky poll. Helen? That is correct. That is correct, the pesky poll.
1: <laughs> it is the foul poll. It was named for Johnny Pesky, a player, manager, coach, and broadcaster who was nicknamed Mr. Red Sox. Question number four One of the greatest Red Sox players of all time is number eight, Carl Yastrzemski, oh, whose no. nickname was Yaz. What is the correct spelling of Yastrzemski? Oh,
2: come on. <laughs> And then I'm an Indian guy, so I got to get the spelling bee part right. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of added pressure here. I have no. You do have clue. hints available if you'd like to use the hint. <laughs> yeah, uh, give me the hint on how to spell it, please. Helen, how
1: about that first hint?
2: <laughs> Though his
0: nickname is Yaz, spelled Y-A-Z, that is not how his last name starts. Oh,
2: I didn't even know that. That's how bad of a speller. <laughs> What's well, a good hint then, Helen? Why? Huh? It's a very good hint. So it's Yastremsky. Y-A-S. Yastremsky. T. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> yes, please spell Yastremsky. Y-S-T-R-E-M-S-K-I. Helen?
0: That is incorrect. Incorrect! Leah with a chance to steal!
3: Yastremsky? Yes. J-A-S-T-R-I-M-S-K-I.
2: I. She took the Indiana Jones route. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Helen? Not thing. correct. No, not
1: correct. Sandeep, <laughs> yes. uh, you actually pretty close. Jehovah with an I. It is I S T R, but then there's a Z. E-M-S-K-I. Oh, I knew there was something weird. no point there.
2: So there is a Z. You
0: were actually totally close. You were
1: very close. You just missed that Z. Fun fact, Stremski's name is on the signature bat that is swung by Shelley Duvall in The Shining. Oh. What?
0: That is a fun fact.
1: Yes, that's I was I what? tried.
0: You know when she's like, stay away from me. Yeah. That yeah.
2: one? I'm glad you didn't ask me that as a trivia question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see if you can bounce back with number five. Of the many great players to play for the Red Sox, only ten of them have had their uniform number retired by the team, meaning no other Red Sox player will ever wear that number. Name all ten. Shut no, I'm up. just kidding. I'm
4: totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> On May 29,
1: 1984, the first two of those numbers were retired. One was number nine for Ted Williams. <sighs> That's the one I knew. What was the other number retired that day?
2: <sighs> Come on, man. As you keep reading, you keep giving away facts, the parts that I know, and then you get to the part that I don't know. I uh, do have
1: a hint available if you'd like to use that oh, second hint. Oh, yeah.
2: I'll use that second hint. Yeah. Helen, gimme, how about gimme. that second
1: hint? It was the
0: number of Hall of Famer Joe Cronin.
1: Oh, no.
2: I don't know that.
1: <laughs> Another hint, it's a number between 1 and
2: 99. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, it so it wasn't Jackie Robinson. Okay, um, let's go with 6.
0: Helen? It was not 6. Not 6. Leah with a
2: chance to steal. 14. 14.
1: Helen? Not 14. Oh, I numbers. thought you were going to get it. No, it was number four. He wore number four. Ah, uh, fun fact, the Red Sox have actually retired 11 numbers in total, including one for, as you started to mention, Jackie Robinson, who never played for the team, but right. whose numbers retired all around baseball. Uh, all right, uh, Sandeep, you did pretty well in that, but here now is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. No. Oh. Oh.
0: Oh, see, Good you audience. Guys are they really are. I love it.
1: <laughs> uh, their question is so high level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The answer is worth up to three points. Here we go. Red Sox players have had some amazing accomplishments over the years, and we want to ask you about some of their amazing double accomplishments. So for up to three points, who is the only Red Sox player to win MVP and Cy Young Award in the same year? Who is the only Red Sox to win MVP and Rookie of the Year in the same year? And who is the only Red Sox player to be on the championship teams of both 2013 and 2018?
2: MVP and a Cy Young. I I get... uh... I don't think he did, but I'm going to just guess Pedro Martinez.
1: Pedro Martinez, all right. And then who won MVP and Rookie of the Year in the same year?
2: MVP and Rookie of the Year in the same year. Mhm. Um I- I'll say Teddy Williams.
1: Teddy Williams, all right. And then who was the only Red Sox player to be on the championship teams in both 2013 and 2018? Someone who you saw in person mere weeks ago.
2: He was on both teams. Mm-hmm. Who's an old person on that team? Oh God, I'm blanking. This this is hard when people are watching you and you guys. I can feel your eyes.
1: <laughs> Everybody, no one me. No one look at, no one look so at me. I'm like, the Ark of the Covenant. Like look I'm away. Hung up on.
0: I'm still hung up on the fact that he was in 2013, makes him an old guy.
1: In
2: sports years, yes. In we do years, need yes. an answer.
1: Our expert is standing by.
2: Oh man, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, oh, Xander Bogarts.
1: Xander Bogarts is his answer. All right. (sighs) Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have today? Scary.
0: Here with us tonight via phone from Boston, Massachusetts, is the award-winning columnist for the Boston Globe who has written 12 books, six of them about the Boston Red Sox. It's Dan Shaughnessy. Dan Shaughnessy. Are you there,
5: Mr. Shaughnessy? I am there. How are you?
1: Very well. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Sandeep is uh, smiling uh, very excitedly. I think we have both watched many documentaries where you have been the expert on
2: the Red Sox. On those, totally. Oh my God, I've read like all your articles, and I'm a fan
5: of you. Well, opinion. you're New Hampshire. We, you're a New Hampshire guy. We appreciate your loyalty up there in New Hampshire. <laughs> very good. <laughs> I know you're on a bit
1: of a tight time limit. You're actually on your way to another interview right now, right?
5: Yeah, we're doing some sports up here. I always got a lot going on with the teams here because they always win.
1: Oh. Oh yeah. Fired. Although, well, L.A. really doesn't have any answer to that, do we? Yeah. Uh, now, Helen mentioned in the intro that you were award-winning. One of those awards is the J.G. Spink Award from the Baseball Hall of Fame. What was it like to win that?
5: Yeah, that was very intimidating because you have to give a speech in front of all the Hall of Famers. So it's, it's, it's tough to be up there when Willie Mays and Sandy Koufax are on the side because... We're not used to talking to guys like that, don't really want to hear from the writers, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: yeah. Was there anyone you've had to confront who you've been critical of in columns?
5: Oh, actually, yeah. Half the guys you're talking about tonight. Um, <laughs> so that, that's an that's a occupational hazard, no harm, no foul, and, and we're used to it, no big deal. Yeah. Now, you're from Massachusetts. You went to college in Massachusetts.
1: What was it like uh, for you to cover the Red Sox for, for the first time?
5: Yeah, it was uh, it, it very intimidating starting off in Yastrzemski. And you did a good job spelling that the silent Z is the only thing you missed there. It's, it's, it's right there. But, uh, you know, he was my idol when I was a little kid growing up. And then to, to cover games that he has is still playing because he played until he was 43. He played 23 seasons with the Sox. So, you know, coming into contact with guys that were your idols when you were a little kid, that's kind of a wide-eye experience. But I'm too old to worry about that now. <laughs> now, uh, you were the
1: last writer to interview Ted Williams. What, what was he like?
5: Ted was a wonderful guy. I mean, I, you know, he was very generous to our family, and uh, he was Father Christmas of baseball toward the end. You know, he was just revered here. There's a tunnel named after him. He was a war hero, did tremendous work for children's charities, and was the greatest hitter who ever lived. So, you know, larger-than-life figure, You know, served his country in two wars, and, uh, and, and again, 521 homers, and, and in my view, the best hitter that there ever was. So he was just uh, he was the John Wayne of sports.
4: Hmm.
1: Now, I understand that you were a, uh, a fan of uh, not only Sandeep, of course, but also of Leah Thompson. I wanted to give you an opportunity to say hello to Leah, as we promised.
5: Yeah, I'm a little starstruck there. I mean, she's such a big deal, and, and I know she's tired of the old topic that's, you know, people talking about that movie, but I've I pretty much memorized it. Whenever it comes on, my wife says, you know, do you going to watch that again? It's like you just can't take your eyes off it once it comes on. So <laughs> I'm, I'm in that cult.
3: Well, it's a, it's a Red Sox kind of movie, right?
5: <laughs> even They even talk about the World Series in 1985 in that movie. I know all of it.
3: Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. I'm kind of geeking out well. here, too.
1: Oh, great. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, uh, let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight. As far as our game goes, you heard the questions that we asked of Sandeep about the Red Sox. Uh, first, we wanted to know who the only Red Sox player was to win MVP and Cy Young in the same year.
5: Helen, what did Sandeep say?
0: Sandeep said Pedro Martinez.
5: And Dan? Yeah, he was wrong on that, and he kind of let me down because he knows about Roger Clemens. In 1986, Clemens was 24 and 4. He was MVP and Cy Young. Maybe you're a little young for that, but uh, it was a seismic assembly year in his career.
2: I was six, okay? <laughs> Sorry. The Celtics were in the championship, and oh, God, it was, very, it was a very yeah. confusing time for me. Yeah,
1: he also gave the same response when he failed history class, though, too. So, there you go. Uh, Second, we wanted to know who was the only Red Sox player to win MVP and Rookie of the Year in the same year. Helen, what did Sandeep say? Sandeep said Teddy Williams.
5: And Mr. Shaughnessy? Yeah, that's a nice try. I don't know if the award existed when Ted broke in in 39, but uh, Fred Lynn, 1975, a good USC athlete, came up and was MVP and Rookie of the Year in 75. I wouldn't expect Sandeep to know that. It was before he was born. Uh, But that's when I got out of college, and and he was... uh, he was a big deal to us back then, and he still lives out in Southern California, so he looks great, and, and you'd, you'd, uh, you'd enjoy talking with him if you get a chance.
1: Uh, all right, and then finally we wanted to know from Sandeep, who was the only Red Sox player to be on the championship teams of both 2013 and 2018. Helen, what did Sandeep say?
0: Sandeep said Xander Bogarts.
1: And Dan? Sandeep is
5: right about that. Yeah, one. yeah He really for did a good job. Yeah,
4: yeah. He did took me an hour pulling
5: that out. Yeah, you pulled that out because I know you were at the games. I was at those games, the 18-inning games, 7 hours and 20 minutes. I was out there at Dodger Stadium, all those good Sox fans out there. And, and, yeah, Bogarts, he had a cup of coffee in 2013. He was on the team when they won and, of course, starting shortstop this year. That seems to be a pretty, pretty big turnover for, in a short time for, for a team. That's the way professional sports goes yeah. these days. They don't, they don't stay long. Guys get free agency and they go get their money somewhere else. So yeah. uh, it's hard to, keep it, hard to keep a good team together. Uh,
1: I know you got to go in a couple minutes, but Sandeep, while we have our expert here, anything you'd like to ask Dan Johnson?
2: Oh man, too much. Uh, I don't know uh, who, who's the best uh, brawler you've seen. When <laughs> I, I always love when the, you know when they get into a brawl, uh, and uh, I just saw Joe Kelly this year like take someone out. I'm wondering if uh, you know who, who, who's the Red Sox that was the best brawler.
5: <laughs> yeah, Joe Kelly did a good job with the Yanks this year. You know, his shirt got ripped open. He was ready. He was taking everybody on. But that guy in New York, Aaron Judge, you know, he's six foot eight. He got into it. Nobody wanted to go near him. So uh, when you have an enforcer like that, you know, we've had some, you know, Mo Vaughn, we've had some scary guys over the years. You need a guy like that to keep things under control. An enforcer, a goon. That's why right. I've got Helen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Shaughnessy, it's so wonderful to talk with you. If people want to find out more about you or your work, where
5: can they do that? I think it's on Twitter, Dan underscore Shaughnessy. And, you know, just bostonglobe.com. We're all out there writing the sports. Patriots, Celtics, Bruins. Red Sox, you name it, we're doing it.
1: Excellent. Well, we're certainly
5: happy that you did it and
1: happy that you're joining
5: us. Thanks so much once again, Mr. Dan Shaughnessy.
1: (laughs) Helen, what is our score at the end of that segment?
0: At the end of that segment, Sandeep Parikh has five points and Leah Thompson has zero points with a round of questions coming up.
1: That's right. We're going to talk with Leah about a topic she knows about. Plus later, Leah and Sandeep will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. back to wkep at night up next looks like we've got a psa from local forest ranger duck newton do i start now or yeah I lean in duck yeah sorry um okay i wanted to address the unfortunate situation that okay listen two people good people that i and a lot of y'all have known our whole lives are dead Torn to shreds. A
4: savage, uh, bloodthirsty beast
1: that defies human comprehension. If you'd like to know more, stop by the Kryptonomica, Kepler's Premier Museum of the Macabre. Just off Uh, highway. Come on. We just wanted to warn y'all, to beg you. If you see one of those things out in the forest, don't fight. Don't scream. Run. Run as far as you can. Doc, it's almost midnight. Listen, folks, if you see anything, please go to org and let us know. And get behind a locked door tonight. Anything else we need to... Oh, they're leaving. Okay, well, that's org, and stay safe out there, Kepler.
0: Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Sunday Parikh with five points and Leah Thompson with zero points. Once again, here's Jake
1: Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. <clears throat> Leah Thompson, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Roseville Pottery, Designing Houses, and the movie Harold and Maude. Tell us a little bit about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about Roseville Pottery.
3: Um, I've always collected Roseville pottery, which is a really dumb thing to do when you live in earthquake zones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For those who don't know, tell us what Roseville Roseville pottery
3: is. Roseville pottery is like, um, it's from the... 20s, 30s, and 40s. It was uh, just like a movement in uh, Zanesville, Ohio, I believe. And um, there's all these beautiful, different flowers on them, and the 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 way they were made was so beautiful. And for some reason, I think it was because my grandma loved it, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. It just I have so much of it, and I love it so much. Is it like china sets or tea sets? No, it's 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 like usually like a vase or uh, you know like. You know, I, it's just ornamental mostly. Got it. And I think it was pretty cheap when you could when you could buy it originally, but now it's kind of more expensive. Yeah. And well, they just did things better back then. Yeah, the colors were beautiful. The flowers on them were beautiful, and it just spoke to me. And how
1: many do you have in your collection?
3: I probably have. Two hundred pieces. Whoa! And are they out, like all over your house? All over my house. <gasps> yeah, and uh, I love them. But I did lose a lot of them in the Northridge earthquake. Oh, you did? So oh. yeah, yeah. I was. Ra- it was the house was rattling, and I was. It was black, and I was running in, grabbing pieces of pottery, and putting it on the front yard. Oh. Trying to You know what it. you got to do
0: is glue them down.
1: Yeah. Oh, is that what she ought to <laughs> yeah. do, Helen? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Great advice, Helen. a little Helen. crazy clue yeah. on the bottom, yeah. and just like yeah, glue them yeah, the yeah get into your time machine and go. Oh, wait a minute. She could get into the time <laughs> machine. <laughs> Uh, you also said you know a lot about designing houses.
3: Well, designing and constructing houses—I mm-hmm. built my house. I just did renovated my uh, a house that I had. Um, so it's just something that I love and kind of. Do will do every once in a while, and really concentrate on. Wow!
1: Try to make it more earthquake proof for the uh, pottery. <laughs> well, yeah,
3: I did. I did make my house very earthquake proof.
1: <laughs> Great. And then finally, you said you know a lot about the movie Harold and Maude.
3: Well, when I say I know a lot about anything, it's really not true. So I know oh. a little bit about all these things. Okay. And I know uh, Harold and Maude was my favorite movie when I was growing up. When I was 10 years old, it played for two straight years in Minneapolis, where I'm from. And uh, like I in was, the theater. Yeah, I played oh, at the wow. same theater, and I was second in line for when uh, Bud Cort and Ruth Gordon came to Minneapolis, and it was my first autograph, maybe my last, I don't know, but Ruth Gordon signed a napkin that I still have. And wow. I love the movie, and it, it set me up with a sense of uh, irony and you know uh, how I appreciate iconoclastic people, which served me well in... Back to the Future and Howard the Duck. I, I mean, I have I had this strange sense of humor that I got from from that movie.
1: So it was no. your Star Wars, basically. It
3: was kind you of my Star <laughs> Wars.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. you had the action figures of Harold and Maud yeah. as well.
2: I would. You would. The prequels? <laughs> but I don't. I don't think they made that. I hear the prequel is going to be awesome. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> All right well, uh, you said you know a lot about Roseville Pottery, designing houses, and the movie Harold and Maud. Today we're going to quiz you about Harold and Maud. Uh-huh.
3: I had a. Feeling. I'm not gonna lie. I think we were all rooting for
1: that. I think one. we were, right, were as well. I mean, I yeah.
0: love that
3: yeah? Movie. Okay, but let's see if I know anything. Well,
1: I'm sure you know a lot. When was the last time you watched the uh, movie?
3: Uh, probably four years ago.
1: All right. And do you have a favorite scene or moment from the movie?
3: Uh, I think my favorite moment is when she takes the coin and throws it into the mm-hmm. to the lake and says. That way, I'll always know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great I love moment.
1: That. All right, well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Harold and Maud to test your mastery with our expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you are allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Now, Sandeep, listen closely because if.
3: He now, knows this movie. <clears> this mean, isn't fair. I didn't know the Red Sox. I've seen it that's
2: about right, it okay. right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I was going to say listen closely because if she gets it wrong you can steal but now we know alright here we go with your first question for Leah Thompson about Harold and Maude a sentence I definitely thought I would one day say <laughs> 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 Leah what singer songwriter provided several songs for the movie soundtrack including Tea for the Tillerman and Where Do the Children Play
3: he did all the songs Cat Stevens
1: Helen that is correct Cat uh, Stevens
2: easy oh easy peasy what a dream boat. That was Real? the only fact I knew about Harold and Maude.
1: <laughs> 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 Leah is on the board. Uh, fun fact the soundtrack was originally offered to Elton John, who passed but recommended Cat Stevens. Mm. Uh, question number two Leah, where do Harold and Maud first meet? Oh my gosh, how could I
3: forget this? A funeral.
1: Helen? That is correct. That is correct, it is a funeral. <laughs>
3: True, I need that one too. True. I ne- I didn't I know that. you feel so one. successful right <laughs> now. Yeah. You're I re- think both of
0: you just need to take a pause. Like you just need like a little time to work it out in your brain and then it eventually makes yeah. its
2: way yeah, out. I just need a little time to ask Google and yeah. <laughs> I'll
1: get it right. By the way, I love someone saying a funeral and then cheering and stomping <laughs> yeah. their feet. It's something we you really did. get to we see. We all
4: cheered.
2: Everyone should see this movie.
3: If you are out there and you haven't seen this movie, you got to see You it.
1: really do. All right, here's question number 3. What future Emmy winning actor plays the mustachioed motorcycle cop who pulls Harold and Maud over? Oh, no. You do have a hint available if you'd like to use it. Okay,
3: future, what did you say? A future
1: (laughs) Emmy-winning actor.
3: Okay, give me a hint.
1: Helen, how about that first hint?
3: He co-starred with
0: you in the 1986 movie Space Camp.
4: Oh, no.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Tom, it's not Sizemore. Tom S, 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 S. <laughs> it's not Tom Selleck. It's not Tom Sizemore. It's Tom
0: Oh, This I is see. how long and great her career has been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which of these famous Did Toms I was I like, in a movie him? with? I can't even remember. I was in a movie with like all the Toms, and I just can't remember. I would remember. love to
1: hear more Tom S's that she comes up with. That would be something. Yes. Tom Sanks. No.
3: he's so cute. God. Oh, um, um, um. Can I have another hint on that? You can, you can <laughs> no. have the same hint. Okay.
1: Actually, I will give you another hint. It's, a, it's rare, but I will give you another hint. In Space Camp, he played Commander Zach Bergstrom.
3: I know that. Oh, okay. Was well. Cap, he was Kate Capshaw's... I know. I spent six months at Laird with this guy, um, and I can't remember. I'm sorry.
1: Can't remember. Uh, that means Sandeep, getting a chance to steal.
2: <laughs> Tom Star-Lord. I was have it no Tom... Was it Tom Starlord, Helen?
0: It was. Uh, it was sadly not Tom Starlord. No, maybe That's in the bad. porn Although version. Although I do want to. He's be, a want to be in a movie with that guy.
1: No, his name is Tom Scarrett. Oh.
4: Scarrett.
0: Tom
1: Scarrettly. I know it's just on the tip of your tongue. He's I, a know,
2: major I letters, but the, they don't uh, go together. He's
0: gonna call you angrily. Yes, like, yes, I'm sure Tom Scarrett listens to this show. He's so cute. He
1: is cute. Top Gun.
3: Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's really right. bad. I didn't
0: that know. Was Tom, he was that was
1: Tom Cruise you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs>
2: thought it was
1: that. Fun fact, he was credited in Harold and Maud as M. Borman, just as a as a joke. Uh, all right, let's see if you can bounce back with question number four. Harold buys himself a hearse to drive, which his mom replaces with a new car, which Harold then makes into a hearse. What brand of car did his mom buy?
2: A Jaguar. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. She's back. Come back,
1: kid.
0: Although I wish you had asked for the hint.
1: Why, Helen? What was the hint for that? Because the
0: hint would have been...
2: Um, jaguar.
1: Jaguar.
2: Jaguar. Yeah,
0: yeah, that would have been the hint. And none of you guys went for it.
2: Yeah. You kind of uh, went Puma there. I was huh? feeling Puma. you more puma? Jaguar. Yeah, yeah. i
1: all right, here we go with number five, Leah. Mm. While the movie is about Harold and Maude, and they call each other Harold and Maude, they do introduce themselves to each other with their last names. What is the last name of either Harold or Maude?
4: Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Leah sinking into her hands and the back of her chair. Are you good with last names? I have no idea, actually. Maude
3: had a, Poli- Maude had a Polish last name. Yeah.
1: You do have a second hint available if you'd like it.
3: Oh, Harold. Jastransky. Oh, Harold. <laughs> Sorry? Um, I was doing the mother, trying to remember. Oh, okay. Oh, Harold, Do. Um, okay, I need a hint.
1: How about that second hint, Helen?
0: Harold's shares the name with a famous showbiz restaurant that used to be on Beverly Boulevard. Harold Chasen?
1: Helen? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> wow. I thought it was Harold Planet Hollywood. <laughs> Excellent use of the hint by Leah Uh, Fun fact, that restaurant is now a high-end grocery store Called Bristol Farms Mm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Shout out for Bristol
4: Farms (laughs)
1: Uh, Alright, you did very well in that round, Leah But now here's your expert-level question That requires multiple answers It is time for your cluster fact I'm
3: taking off the glasses
1: We'll be bringing in an expert to assess your response The correct answer is worth up to three points Throughout the movie, Harold is shown meeting several blind dates chosen by a computer dating service. They do not go well. Unlike his previous blind dates, whom he scares off, his last blind date is not thrown off by his suicidal antics. In fact, she calls it marvelous and joins in by acting out a scene reminiscent of a famous play from Shakespeare. For up to three points, what Shakespearean play does the date reference, what is the name of the character who does this, and what is the name of the actor who played this character?
3: Oh, please. I know the line. Oh, Happy Dagger. <laughs> I know the line.
2: That's something. <laughs> That's pretty great, yeah.
3: Which is from uh, Romeo and Juliet. All right. And so I got one thing.
1: Well, we'll see, but that, we are noting that answer. Okay.
3: So <laughs> it's from Romeo and Juliet. Hmm. The actress?
1: The actor, yes, the uh, and the character.
3: The character,
1: the character name and the actor name, in any order you prefer.
3: The character she played in the play, or the character in Harold and Maude.
1: The character in Harold and Maude that does this Shakespearean reference.
3: I haven't a clue.
1: Haven't a clue. Yeah. Any? Just want to put a guess out there at all? What? Want to put guess? a she, If you recall, um, she was sort of a hippie. The, the mother was character. Vivian
3: Pickles. I know mm-hmm. that much. Um, and I remember the girl, but I
1: can't place it. That's all right. Okay. Uh, all right, well, Helen has taken note of your answers. We do have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight?
0: Here with us tonight is an award-winning actor and teacher who's appeared in hundreds of plays and movies, including Harold and Maude. It's Ellen Gear.
1: Ellen Gear. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes! Ellen Gere oh, coming wow. to the stage, handing Leah a cast list. Ellen <laughs> Gere! Embracing.
6: Oh, my God. How lovely, thank you so much. Hello, Ellen Gear. Hello, how are you? Very oh happy gosh. right now. Oh, I'm so good. happy to see good. you. Yes, years <laughs> later, still here. Still here, oh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: And looking wonderful. You
1: look Thank you. look absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Now, uh, some people in L.A. are already familiar with you as well because you are the artistic director of the Theatricum Botanicum, mm-hmm. uh, which your father started.
6: Will Gears, Theatricum Botanicum, yes.
1: Tell us a little bit about that for people who don't know. It's a, it's a well, magical it, place it, it's, to see theater. It's
6: like you. We, we have a family, and, and just this year, we put the fourth generation of young actors up <laughs> in Coriolanus. They played, she played the young boy. So that's very exciting to see it go on and on with the traditions that we have at the Theatricum Botanicum.
1: Now, for those of you who haven't been, it it doesn't feel like you're in Los Angeles. It feels like you're watching a a play in a forest.
6: It is. It's a beautiful... Topanga means graveyard, which is odd, but it's one of the most beautiful (laughs) places. My father used to tell me that the water... The water comes all the way down from the Sierras. (gasps) And so it's underground, and that's why it remains green most of the year. And we survived a terrible fire, and it's, it's beautiful there.
1: I was going to ask, so the, the botanicum is all right from the fire? Oh, it's right? perfect. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. All right, well, let's uh, talk to you about this movie, Harold and Maude. You were in it. What did you know about the movie going into it?
6: I just remember I was watching a play in um, Mark Taper Forum, And uh, I was watching, actually, with my father, and uh, he, somebody came up and said, you have to go right now up to, it was on Sunset Boulevard, way up on top for an audition. I thought, this is strange. (laughs) So I went up there, and I went into this very fancy house that overlooked Hollywood, and they're sitting there, and the room was full of smoke. You know what kind, (laughs) and and happy uh, smoke. Happy, happy, happy smoke, which is very legal legal now. now. It wasn't that now legally. Uh, I thought it was burnt vegetables. And then uh, I read for Mr. Ashby, and Colin Higgins was there, and uh,
1: and Mr. Ashby is Hal Ashby, the director. Colin Higgins is oh sorry, yes, yes,
6: yes. and uh, they liked me, and I think it's because my father, I think, is the oldest living hippie, and so I, I recognized Hal Ashby.
1: And what was the experience like shooting that movie?
6: It was one of the most marvelous things I got to do. I had my young son then at the time, and uh, they were very sweet about him coming on the set. And uh, uh, working with Hal Ashby was quite a joy because, you know, he would tell you, he would give you where you're going to go and how you're going to get there. But nothing about the emotional interior thing that had you had to work on to get there. He never intruded on your work and on your thinking, and boy, do I like that.
1: You continue to have a connection to the movie. In fact, you were in a stage version of Harold and Maude.
6: Yes, I was so excited about Collins Higgins' writing. You know, It started off as as something that he did in UCLA. He was a UCLA brat, where I taught he had a play and so I wrote to the producers and asked them if we could do it because I thought heck I'm getting older I'd like to play <laughs> Yeah. and so I got to play Maud, and my beautiful young daughter like you have daughters Willow played uh, Sunshine Dore the part I played Aww. and and it was just a wonderful gathering and the young it it affects a lot of young people and that's what's so good about it it's those young people who feel you know, like they don't belong like something's wrong with them when they see that relationship and what happens to him through the relationship, it, it heals them in a way. Yeah.
4: Oh, that's so That's beautiful. really lovely,
1: absolutely. All right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game goes. Uh, you heard the questions that we asked of okay. Leah Thompson. First, we wanted to know from her, what was the Shakespearean play that the character referred to in the scene? Helen, what did Leah say?
0: Leah said Romeo and Juliet.
1: And Ms. Gere?
6: Oh, she was absolutely right.
1: Absolutely right, that's a point for Leah. <laughs> Oh, Next, we wanted to know what the character's name was in that scene. Helen, what was Leah's answer?
0: Uh, she had no answer. She
1: had no answer. Who? What actually was the character's
2: Sunshine Dore Sunshine Doray. What
4: a wonderful <laughs> the character's oh, name. This is no. embarrassing.
2: No, no, no. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. No, don't be. What a way to don't find know. a wrong answer, right? Like, <laughs> you got that answer wrong. Let's bring up the actor. <laughs> I
6: know, I know. That's all right.
2: Did the, did you, did the cool
0: name like affect your performance at oh. all?
6: Like, yes, it immediately made you think. She probably never read any French in her life. <laughs> but it gave her a feeling.
1: <laughs> and then finally, Helen wanted to know who was the actor that played that character. What did Leah say? Leah had
6: no answer. And of for course, that. who
1: was that Ellen Gear? Uh,
6: uh, Ellen Gear. It was Ellen Gear. It was her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be silly.
4: Uh, <laughs> By
0: the way, can I just say that I'm geeking out a little bit because I'm a huge Star Trek The Next Generation fan and you're in one of my favorite episodes as a guest star on that and I just am like sweating a little bit.
6: <gasps> oh, do you know, they, they, they didn't like the color of my hair and so they, <laughs> they sent me um, to a Beverly Hills place to get my hair done. I've never what? been since. And they forgot about me because I didn't know about speaking up. And so it came out with stripes I'll never forget that.
4: <laughs> well, luckily
0: it's outer space, so there's no, you yeah, know, it yeah,
4: worked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Leah, is there anything you'd like to ask of Ms. Gear while we have her here?
3: Did you think that it would have such a resonance,
6: this movie, for so long and so many generations of people? I knew that an audience could never deal with an older person and a younger person needing each other. Mm. And at a, that time of their lives, to take the next step... And one went to death, the other went to becoming a human being who could function in life. And if it included kissing and hugging, that's fine. But back then, no, there's no way society... But look what we do now, that's what's so exciting. (laughs) You know, with the gender and with... uh... Racism, And it's just, we are so far ahead from that time. But I knew then because, as I said, my father was an old hippie and I learned a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we certainly learned a lot from listening to you. It's wonderful. I could do it all Mm -hmm. day. But thank you so much for joining us. Ms. Ellen Gear, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. (laughs) you. Helen, let's get a score recap at the end of that round.
0: At the end of that round, we are tied. Sundeep Parikh has five points, what? and Leah Thompson has five points. Whoa.
1: Whoa. Neck and neck. Well, now is the time for our final round that we call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Sundeep and alternate between each guest. We'll keep the discussion to a minimum. Each correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here We begin. Sandeep, The Tonight Show airs on NBC.
2: True.
0: Correct.
1: Leah, The Tonight Show was hosted by Jimmy Kimmel.
0: True. Incorrect.
1: No, it is Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) Sandeep, Tonight Show host Jack Parr once quit the show during an opening monologue. Correct. Leah, he continued the monologue several weeks later.
3: True. Correct.
1: Sandeep, The Tonight Show was once guest hosted by Kermit the Frog. True. Correct. Leah, The Tonight Show was once guest hosted by Katie Couric. Incorrect. No, one day she hosted The Tonight Show and Jay Leno hosted The Today Show. Sandeep, The Tonight Show was once guest hosted by Conan O'Brien. False. Correct. Leah, Conan O'Brien was a guest on more episodes of The Tonight Show than he hosted. Uh,
3: true. Incorrect.
1: No, he hosted 146 episodes. Okay. I'm, uh, you know. That's okay. This is, just, this is what we do here. We love you still. We, don't we love Leah Thompson? And everybody.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sandeep, Johnny Carson was the first host of The Tonight Show. False. Correct. That's right, it was Steve Allen. Leah, I hosted a talk show where Steve Allen was my guest. True, correct. Sandeep, it was one of the best nights of my life. <laughs> True. Leah, until now.
2: <laughs> uh, false. Uh. Yeah. That
1: is correct. Let's give a nice hand to both of our contestants, Leah Thompson and Sandeep Pareek, as Helen tabulates the final score. We are not counting those last two. That was just for fun. Helen, are you ready
0: to announce a winner on today's episode? I am at the end of the game. Sandeep Parikh has 10 points and Leah Thompson has seven points.
1: Congratulations, Sandeep Parikh. You are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. Sandeep, what will you do with your championship?
2: Oh man, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna buy so many waters that they give out for free at the bar. It's going to be great.
1: <laughs> it is going to be great. Thank you so much for joining us. We just want to wrap up by giving everyone on the panel a chance to promote any upcoming product appearances, or services. Sandeep, what do you have to promote?
2: Oh, please go to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash and funny, uh, and we're going to be premiering The Legend of Neil, once again, relaunching the show. Uh, we would love for new audiences to watch it, so come on down.
1: Come on down, says Subscribe. Sandeep Parikh. Thanks so much, Sandeep. <laughs> Leah Thompson, where can people find you?
3: Uh, Watch The Year of Spectacular Men on Hulu or Apple or Amazon. Buy it. Have fun. Rate it well. Leah K. Thompson on Twitter and all that.
1: And all that she is on all that. (laughs) Leah Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you lucky, lucky people. Your co-host is Miss Helen Hong. (laughs) What do you have going on, my friend?
0: I will be headlining Hyenas in Dallas, Texas, January 10th through 12th. So if you're in the Texas area, come see me at Hyenas in Dallas. Go do
1: it, it's Helen Hong! Uh, And me, I'm happy to announce that uh, Judge John Hodgman, another Maximum Fun show, will be doing a live show in LA on January 22nd, and we will be opening the show with a a short, uh, brief version of our show. So please come on down to that at the Bootleg Theater. You can get tickets at MaximumFun.org. That just leaves me to thank Leah Thompson, Sandeep Parikh, Dan Shaughnessy, Ellen Gere, and Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night! (laughs) Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Rachel Onstad did. She said it's an entertaining show and I hope it continues. We do too, Rachel. Thanks. <laughs> Helen? <laughs> Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz
0: program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collected. Collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Tom Aylesworth and David Rago of David Rago Auctions in Lambertville, New Jersey. Bob Skier, Ian Flanders, Spencer Marks, Leora Saul, Mike Avellanos, Dave Bianchi, Ben Lindbergh, Hal Miller, Daniela Zeltzer, and Christine Vallada. I've been Helen Hong. <laughs>